I'm Chris Biddle and welcome to episode 14 of Inside AgriTurf. Now I'm recording this on Friday the 13th and deep in the midst of lockdown number two for England this year. So we need some good news stories to compensate for all those very unfortunate businesses that have been unable to trade during lockdown this year. Now the agriturf industry is full of independent family-owned specialist dealers providing sales and service to the farming community, sports and recreational facilities and to homeowners. And today I'll be talking to a company who has taken specialism to a new level. MKM Agriculture, based in Bedfordshire, specialises almost exclusively in the ATV and off-road vehicle market. The company is unusual in being able to offer its customers a full house of the four leading Japanese brands under one roof. Unusual because most manufacturers prefer to have exclusive representation in a dealership. So to find out more, I'm talking today to Managing Director Anthony Deacon. Uh, so Anthony, thanks very much for joining me. So exactly how did the business start? Okay, so the business was established by um, uh, my father and two partners, in uh, two of his partners in 1986. So yeah, Dad continued the business from, from 1986. Um, Dad came from an agricultural machinery background, so he's, he was Ford and class trained. It saw, saw an opening in the market in this area and, and established a business around around that, really. And this was about the time when you sort of were, came into the world, was it? So, uh... <laughs> Indeed, yeah. So I, I was born in 1985, the year before Dad established the, the company. And um, it didn't, didn't take him long to get me involved in the business. I think we've got photos of, of me strapped to the front seat of his van in Harvest, uh, going out uh, and and on the combine breakdown. So yeah, I, I began at a young age. I you know I didn't know whether I, exactly that I was going to go down the machine route. I, I, my options were kept open, and 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 Dad was very good and supportive. But it didn't really. He wasn't pushy at all. It, you know, it, it was my option entirely as to what I did. And then yeah, I did my work experience with a lawn and. A lawn and garden dealer nearby, um, and other than that, uh, I left school and, and jumped straight into this. Really, and yeah, it's grown from there. But um, at that stage, it was mainly agricultural machinery. So, when did ATVs come on the scene, then, Anthony? Okay, so yeah, we we, we dealt with the agricultural machine. We we actually had the tires for Valmet, um, which is now Voltra, mm-hmm. in the nineties. We to business and Valmet kind of outgrew us and we weren't with the size that uh, Valmet wanted us to so Valmet took the franchise off us and gave it to a, a big the bigger ag dealer up the road that was in around 1990 and then uh, we we had a knock on the door uh, one day in 2002 um, Harvey Day uh, who is uh, the area representative key Sorry, this was for which, um, brand, which brand, uh, Anthony? So this was for Suzuki. Yeah, okay. Uh, so this was Suzuki, and that, that was in 2002 when we were approached by Suzuki. Uh, it was then, we, we thought about while well, at that time, uh, 2002, I, I'd left school in the year 2000, um, and I, it was just me and Dad at that time. There were, we were the only two in the business. 
So yeah, when I left school with dad, and that was when we were approached by Suzuki. We thought about it for a good few months, and in in 2003, we we decided that we you know we'd take the plunge. We're gonna we're gonna give it a go, and we ordered our first three Suzuki ATVs. And and so that that was the start of it. I mean, if we come, if we may, just come right up to date. You you are a specialist dealer, yeah. but unusually, you're not specialized in the product range that you sell because you sell or you seem to have a full house of uh, Japanese top line ATVs. How do those all come about? Did you go hunting for them or were you, were you approached? Yes. Yeah, so the, the way it works. So obviously Suzuki began in 2003. Um, we, sold, we sold a steady amount. I think the first year we sold about 15 units. Uh, we got up to 2003 seven and i think we were we were we, we got up to about 50 units that we were selling a, a year then we got involved in the sports atvs in 2007 8 9 and 10 with suzuki where we were selling the sport and leisure machines as well as the, the utility machines and uh, i had some involvement then we i actually ran the suzuki quad bike racing team which we which we we, we raced atvs all over europe uh, I travelled as far as Slovakia, Spain, um, had some really great times doing that. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it was it was great fun. And then in 2013, the local Yamaha dealer, a guy by the name of Frank Cook, Frank uh, was one of the first at the time when he retired from it. He was the he was the longest serving Yamaha ATV dealer. So he actually took the franchise on. I think earlier than Yamaha UK. Uh -huh. and he built up a really good customer base of Yamaha in this area. And the area became you know, quite Yamaha loyal because of the, you know, the effort that Frank had, had put in. We were approached then by Yamaha and uh, Frank himself and said, you know, Frank came to me and he said that you know, we're looking to, to, he's looking to step down and you guys would be fantastic for you. Would you look to take it on? So we had discussions with Yamaha and Frank and, we went to Suzuki and we told them the news and um, they said, well, how many cars can we give you to, to, for you to say no? <laughs> <laughs> we said, obviously, it's not quite like that, but they, are, they completely understood that it was the right business decision for us to yeah. take on Yamaha. It was another really good, strong flag to wave. And, you know, we had almost, you know, a ready-made customer base in the area. So uh, in 2013, that was, we signed up with Yamaha. And you didn't um, stop there. <laughs> we didn't, no. Um, we didn't. We, we kept going. Well, actually, before 2013, we, we, we become, in 2011, we took on the franchise for JCB Workmax. Okay. So, uh, the JCB Utility Vehicle. Sorry, I, I missed that one. So, we sold JCB Utility Vehicle 2011 till 2014 when JCB announced that they're no longer, they were no longer going to make the, the JCB Workmax. So that then left an opening in our range that we didn't have a utility vehicle. We we kind of we we looked at the market. We had a look at what was available in by the way of, of UTVs. We had a couple of options. We spoke to Polaris and we spoke to Kawasaki, and um, you know we we got on really well with the, the Japanese quality and the Japan dealing with the Japanese companies. With what we knew with Suzuki and, and Yamaha. We had a good idea that what we were going to be dealing with. So that was in that was in 2015 when we joined forces with Kawasaki. So 
uh, yeah, the third of the, the Japanese brand. I think we were we were nearly speaking Japanese by that point. The three down. Um, three down, and then uh, yeah, then to the, the finish the big four was in two thousand and sixteen. Uh, we were we were approached by Honda because Honda had uh, Honda had a couple of dealers in the area that um, closed depots at the time, and there there became an open point here in the area for Honda. Let's just say it was unusual for Honda to to approach a, an ATV dealer that had already had already got three big Japanese <laughs> brands. But I can I can you know, imagine. Honda realised yeah they they kind of they realised at the time that. Um, I think anyway that ATVs it is very specialist and ATVs are sold well in specialist dealers as opposed to maybe your agricultural, uh, your larger agricultural dealers that, that are just doing it alongside. Well, they're, they're an add-on product, aren't they really? Exactly, yeah. And, uh, and Honda saw that and um, we put together a business plan and uh, and we we let them they come to see what we're all about and um, yeah we 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 got offered the franchise so that was it. in 2016 we completed the the big four and um, so that from that day we've been the only company in the UK to be able to offer all four from one showroom. And and, and Andy, what um, the customers? Um, how brand loyal are they to th th those four brands? Um, presumably, does it follow if they've got a Honda car or even a Suzuki car or a Yamaha bike or or whatever Kawasaki bike? Do they tend to follow that brand? How many people just sort of come in and say, "I want an ATV," and how many come in and say, "I want X, one of your four? Sure. So I, I do use that uh, that quite a lot. So I do say we have two types of customers. We have the customer that will come through the door that wants to buy a Honda, and then we have the customer that comes through the door that wants to buy an ATV. Okay. Uh, obviously, Honda are the big players. They've got 50% of the market, and they've almost built that kind of hoover to, to a vacuum cleaner kind of scenario with, with yeah. Honda. Customers are loyal. Like I said earlier, we've got a lot of Yamaha loyal customers. They've, they've brought a Yamaha. Uh, and it's never had any issues with the Yamaha, so they, they continue with it. And that's the same with all of the brands, really. They are the brand that they're well made and so reliable that once they've had one, a customer finds it difficult to move away to another another brand. Yeah. So we don't stand in the way of their decision. Uh, we, we've got that the benefit of having the showroom here with all the brands that the customer can come through our door and get an honest opinion and whether they want to take our advice or not or they, they can make their own mind up and we won't stand in their way and i suppose it saves you time in a way uh, cross-selling because if somebody comes in with a heart set on one of those brands at least you've got it to offer them and you don't have to go through all the rigmarole of trying to persuade them to buy something else it, it, it's really good and sometimes i don't kind of realize how fortunate we are you know it's I, I, I'm in a fortunate position here or we're in a fortunate position here that we're so confident in the products. We offer the best four of the best manufacturers and the best products on the market. But, you know, yes, we offer a good deal, providing we can offer a good deal, a good price and, and a really good aftermarket service. Then the customer really has no reason not to buy from us because I like to think, I always put myself in the position of the customer. And if I was the customer, what would I expect? 
And I think if you can do that for every scenario and every customer and every deal, then it's you've got no reason why it's that, that should be a winning winning formula. Um, over the years, ATVs have had a bad press occasionally on safety issues, which is probably overstated because. Uh, they do tend to hit the headlines when an unfortunate accident happens, but it's not that common, I would would say. Um, what, what about safety? Uh, presumably, a lot of your customers are existing users, but but with new users, what, what's your responsibility as a dealer? Um, I'm actually uh, a EASI rider course instructor. So the EASI, EASI is the European ATV Safety Institute. From early days, uh, safety has become paramount for us. I've always understood that if you know if we did really get bad, we do get bad press. You're right, Chris. You know, the, the, occasionally there'll be a crash that pops up in the papers. If if we didn't take safety seriously, then there's a chance that what you know, what if these machines got banned? If these machines got banned, that 75 percent of my business yes. is gone. Yes. So you know, I understood that the importance to put safety high up on our agenda needed to be done. Uh, so I, um, I think it must have been, oh, I'm guessing now maybe 10, 10 or 12 years ago, I, um, I, I, I did the course to become an instructor and it, it was another kind of, another piece of the package that we could offer here at MKM. So if somebody brought the machine from us, they required the training, then you know, we, we could offer that as well. And we, I could offer quality, advice on on the training and um, a little bit of reassurance for me that we've we've done the best we can for that customer yeah and um they're going to stand a good chance of doing the job there and and safely so, um, from yeah from a dealer point of view we offer the the correct handover training at, at delivery they'll get um a, a brief in all the handover materials in a in a nice little pack with um, with a DVD, which which gives some pointers, and um, every new ATV that we sell comes with a, a foot on a on a rider training course, uh, which is subsidised by the dealer and the the leading manufacturers. So the manufacturers understand the importance as well. Um, if you had to summarise your customer base, I mean, if you're an ATV dealer in Scotland or in Wales, it's pretty clear who the main customers are. But uh, you're in Bedfordshire. Who are your customers? Is it the farming community? It's very diverse here, obviously. So uh, you like, like you said, Wales, Scotland, probably 95 98% of ATV customers are our farmer our stock farmers but that's not the case here um i would say that probably 50 percent of our customers are farmers and that would be a mix of uh, arable and um, and stock farmers the rest varies massively uh, and there are some great benefits to that so we we would deal a lot we do a lot with a lot of gamekeepers a lot of hunting people um also a lot of small holders large homeowners uh, and even Formula One teams, <laughs> we, we deal with a lot of racing teams that are based around this way as well. But what's your understanding of the, the total UK market for, for ATVs? And obviously it's quite wide with, with UTVs and so on and so forth. Um, is it a static market? Is it growing? or is... So, yes. So, so really currently there's around between 6,300 6, and 6,500 ATV, new ATVs sold uh, in the UK every year. 
uh, and around three and a half thousand UTVs, as I understand. Yeah. And that has been very stable, really, like that for, for quite a few years now, from you know, at least a good five years at least. So, yeah, the market is, is very stable. Um, early, uh, early indications suggest that, that this year, since lockdown, has been, been really strong, really good. Uh, at the moment, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we've got a little bit of a, a little bit of a spike in sales. From what I understand, um, combinations of lockdown as as uh, the early lockdown has definitely increased business, uh, and also it's made farming and stock farming quite strong, and the prices are quite strong. So, uh, I mean, the stock prices are very good, both in cattle and sheep. So, um, that's definitely helped the the ATV business this year. Um, how how important are the sort of add-ons, the accessories, the implements that go with the ATVs? Is that is that a, a good market for you? Yeah, so um, definitely yeah, the equipment side of it, what what you put what you put on the rack and what you tow behind the ATV, should we say, is is massive business for us. Obviously, there are some accessories you can fit to an ATV. We sell a lot of road legal lighting kits and heaty grip bobs like that, but. We don't really accessorise the ATV too much because it's it outward crate its need. But no, you're right, Chris. Yeah, the the equipment is um, is very big business. So we've done we've done really well this year with a with a new brand that we took on called Kelfrey. We we also sell Logic Chapman, you know, massive range of of equipment. And for me in this area, speaking with the small holders, the large homeowners, I always say that if they've got something from maybe an acre to 10 acres the ride on lawnmower is not big enough the tractor's too big and these people haven't necessarily got tractor driving experience uh, and an atv you know that's where it really comes into its own so quite regularly we would sell a package we would sell an atv with, with a mower a sweeper a harrow a, a roller and somebody would would buy you know the whole lot to to, to keep on top of their their holding so this year has been been very busy. I've we've sold so many flail mowers to go behind the ATV this year. I think I've sold more flail mowers this year to go behind an ATV than what I've sold in the last ten years. It really? has been just um, unreal. And so, a couple of years ago or so, you you added a, a second branch. I understand. Uh, how is that going? Going really well. Yeah, it's um, it's great. So. That came about really well in late 2018, um, or during 2018, uh, uh, the, the Honda dealership in Suffolk um, Fieldens. Yes. Um, they went into administration and lost the, the Honda franchise. Fieldens have been, they were another Frank Cook. So John Fielden started selling Honda really, really early on and really established, you know, did a great job in Suffolk for Honda. Indeed. Yeah. Selling all of the farmers. Yeah. And I, I still, to this day, I say that there's, there's most farmers in Suffolk don't realise that there's other people just Honda. <laughs> I, I'm sure that they it's only Honda there. So when when um, when Fieldens lost the franchise and Honda put an open, another open point out there on the market, I started to approach some of the the larger Honda customers that Fieldens had. I started to poach them for some business. One big organisation that they dealt with, I, I had a couple of meetings with them um, and it became apparent that we, if we were going to take their business and do it properly, we would need to be based 
we would need a, a base in that area um, to do it properly. So that was when the penny, I think it was three days before my son was due to be born. And um, I thought, <laughs> no right, we need to get an application in here to Honda. <laughs> I picked up the phone on them and said, I've got this idea. I scribbled some notes down on a piece of paper. I said, this is what it's going to look like. This is what we're going to do. And they said, sounds great. You know, you're doing a good job where you are now. Um, put something a bit more formal together. Let's have a meeting and, and we'll go from there. So we put a business plan together. Um, we got the key ingredients on board. So the, the key ingredients really were the location, the people and the customer base. So we, we had confirmed some big customers, which kind of gave me the reassurance going into it that you know, we weren't exactly starting completely from scratch. Um, I managed to get two of the members of staff that were working for, for Fieldens previously. They came on board. We got a great location on a, on a great little farm. And, and, you know, all the boxes got ticked, really, Chris. And we, got, we opened the doors 1st of March last year, 2019. Uh, as at the time, we were just Honda ATV dealers from there. Yes. Um, and it's gone really well, uh, really well. And, and we, we, always had the, we always had the intention to take on the lawn and garden franchise from Honda as well, because that was, that was also with Fieldens, that, uh, and there was an open point in the area. Honda weren't too keen at the time on giving us the ATV dealership and the Lawn and Garden dealership on my notes and drawings on a piece of paper. <laughs> when we had no bricks and mortar really or anything to show them. So they went with us and uh, we set up the ATV franchise. They came over and saw what we did. We were signed up to sell the, the Lawn and Garden machines as well. Um, uh, and it's really good. You know, I do like the fact that it's, it's Solar's Honda. Yeah, uh, and it's um, it's fairly autonomous because my quick calculation it's it's about seventy miles from where you are. So, uh, is that an issue at all? Yeah, you're right. It's exactly it's exactly seventy miles door for door, door to door. Um, yeah, no, we're we're far enough away. <laughs> um, we're far enough away not to compete with each other, but not too far that we you know we can't um, connect with each other. Yeah, it's seventy miles, but it's. It's one good road now. We've got some. We've got the A the A fourteen. Yeah. Uh, there's most of it's dual carriageway all the way there. So the blessed A fourteen. Uh, yeah. I try and go over there at least once a fortnight. I'll leave at six in the morning and I'll be unlocking at seven o'clock. Yeah. Just after seven. So on a, on a bad. It's an hour and a, hour and a half on a bad run, an hour on a good run. But, um, but no, we you know we have we have a van that goes between branches moving stock around and we're probably we're probably backwards and forwards between each branch two if not three times a week it works well um and finally uh, really how do you how are you looking back on 2020 i mean obviously for many many reasons it's been a, a challenging year for business in general has it been uh, has it been up to your expectations even without all the issues we've had uh, yeah, it's, it's been very busy and very good. So it's it's been above my expectations actually. And when when um, when COVID uh, came into play, um, we completely changed our tactic of how we were going to approach the market this year. Obviously, no shows. We went completely digital. We developed a new website. Yeah, and um, I think it's paid off for us. You know, we've business has been unbelievable. We, we've overachieved i don't know what the percentage is right now uh, early days we were very very unsure what was going to happen but uh, you know i feel so fortunate and so lucky that it's just gone the right direction for us and we've just been fortunate to be in 
that industry where we we couldn't stop we didn't have to stop we could continue to trade safely yeah. and um and the customers were, were still keen to spend the money with us so instead of the customers coming to you or coming to your shows you went to the customers effectively yeah and that, and that suits me that suits me better you know it's much i would much rather deal with a customer over the phone or or you know by facetime or whatsapp calling and video calling um i think um one of the good things that happened for us in in 2019 was when we won the service dealer award yes. that, that that gave us almost like an identity a, a badge mm. that we could wear that a customer could see that they could trust us and deal with us yes. um, uh, over the phone and at distance uh, and you know they could rely on us that we were gonna we we were gonna follow through with our promises and and deliver the goods to their expectations and that's what we continue to do and um, we continue to to keep a, a big name um uh, and a uh, good reputation and and, and how are you well how are you us. approaching 2021 uh, do you as things stand at the moment do you have any concerns about supplies from japan are you what what indications are you getting i, I guess having spread your franchise low quite widely that is going to be an advantage to you yes definitely um uh, we are going through some stock shortages at the moment with various different manufacturers and different models and we are like i said because we've got like you said chris because we've got all four brands we if we run out with one we've also we've always got another that we can sell and and i think that we'll we'll get through we'll get through it okay maybe i'm sure it will have a burden on our sales and our figures may reflect the shortages um but i feel very fortunate you know obviously there are some solar dealers out there uh, with some of the brands that they can't get stock and they're and they're going to be out of stock for maybe maybe a few months and yeah i'm hoping that uh, yeah we've got we've got a good range all the way through well that's excellent look um thank you ever so much for your time anthony it's been uh, fascinating uh, I'm, I'm delighted to hear you've had a good season and uh, uh congratulations on winning the service dealer award and uh, and, and obviously it, it it has paid off for you as well so many thanks for your time this afternoon and it's been really great catching up with you no thank you chris um yeah thank you for for inviting me along to this uh, it's been great talking to you thank you so yes, here's a business that has adapted and reacted to the strange times we find ourselves in 2020. Proof, if proof be needed, that independent entrepreneurial businesses can plot their way through challenging conditions. In coming episodes, I'll be talking to other dealers from across the agriturf uh, sector about their experiences of 2020 and the hopes for the months ahead. I'm Chris Biddle. Thank you for joining me, and this is Inside Agritech.